It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, friends? Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast brought to you by our friends at Visa. Hey, help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or your favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. So the next time you go shopping, make sure to make the choice to shop at local businesses and remember to look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters visa it's everywhere you want to be and it's an official partner of the nfl what's going on guys billy Rossetti with you guys here on another edition of the locked on panthers podcast appreciate you guys tuning in for another day longtime listeners and maybe first time listeners if you're a first timer welcome glad to have you on board uh follow me on twitter at bill underscore Rossetti r-i-c-c-e-t-t-e and check out some of my work over at uh all panthers over at sports illustrated so you can check me out over there Longtime listeners always appreciate uh the support you guys have given me all this time so really uh really appreciate you guys so uh, what we're going to do here is we've kind of been doing now, you know, similar to what we did last week. We're going to kind of meet the the enemy, I, I guess, is a, a one way to put it. You know, the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to just look at some of their numbers, some of their top players, and just kind of give you guys an idea what um, what we could be looking at here on Sunday, including... Um, you know, to go along with crossover Thursday, that'll be coming up here as well. But the Atlanta Falcons, we know, of course, uh, they've been struggling, obviously, this season. They're 0-4. The big story, of course, are those two blown leads that the, the Falcons have suffered against the Chicago Bears and the Dallas Cowboys in uh, weeks two and three. Well, not necessarily in, in that order, but... Two blown leads and then uh, really didn't show up against Green Bay on Monday night. And Russell Wilson just beat the heck out of them in week one. So all of that has turned into the Panthers being 0-4. Their defense is actually one of the worst right now. Numbers-wise in the NFL, they are actually allowing the second fewest, or excuse me, the second most points per game. Uh, in the NFL, they have, excuse me, they're allowing 34 and a half points per game. That is 31st out of 32. You know, so the, the defense has just been um, incredibly disappointing. Obviously, a lot of injuries have played a factor in that. Of course, uh, their rookie first round pick, AJ Terrell, has been out with uh, COVID. Um, you know, a lot of other players have been injured. Ricardo Allen has been out with an elbow injury. Kendall Sheffield has been out with a foot injury. Um, you know, they're, this team is just completely banged up. And then we saw last week, of course, Demonte KZ is out for the season 
with a torn Achilles that he suffered on Monday against the Packers. Darquez Denard is injured. So just a lot of injuries that have once again played a factor. And that just kind of seems to be the 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 continuing stat or you know for lack of a better term but that just always seems to be the issue seemingly year in and year out you know especially the last couple of years with the Atlanta Falcons this is a team you know the LA Chargers are like the only other team i could think of that the injury bug bites as bad as the Atlanta Falcons have and they have just been decimated once again. And of course, this is on both sides of the ball. We know Julio Jones has still been dealing with that hamstring injury. Uh, tried going on Monday night, played a little bit, but really wasn't effective. We'll see what his status is uh, for Sunday. Kayla McGarry has been banged up. That's their starting right tackle. They just have injuries all across the board. And, you know, you, you don't want to completely use injuries as an excuse for you know, a team's bad start, but it's obviously played a factor. But other than that, you know, their depth really hasn't, uh, really hasn't stepped up. You know, it's been, uh, you know, not that these players are bad, but they're certainly not clearly the, uh, at the level of their actual starters. I mean, right now you're looking at Isaiah Oliver and Bleedy Ray Wilson, probably as the top two guys of some of these other guys like AJ Terrell and like Darquez Denard can't go. So, a lot of issues with the Atlanta Falcons. You know, injuries are one. Um, poor defense is another. I mean, again, when you when you your defense can't hold big leads. You know, your offense just plays out of its mind for a few weeks, and the defense just can't hold it. That's that's a major issue as well. And um, you're going up against the Panthers team now. That has started to show a lot of explosiveness on the offensive side of the football. So, I mean, there's already a bunch of factors, I think, that are starting to play into... And I it, who I would have never thought I'd be saying this kind of stuff in Week 5 here, uh, coming into this game against the Falcons, but there's a lot of advantages all of a sudden for the Carolina Panthers, particularly on the offensive side of the football. I mean, this looks like a, a Falcon secondary now that the Panthers can totally take advantage of and really put a lot of stress on with all the receivers that they have and the tight ends and Mike Davis. So we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You know, this is, uh, it's it's crazy to think, like I said, that I, we're sitting here talking about how, and the fact that the that the Panthers were an early underdog in this game, too, is, you know, it, it was kind of baffling to me. You know, when I saw the opening line and it was like two and a half points, it's like, really? Like, you know, obviously the Falcons are home and that usually gives them 
a bit of an early edge right out of the gate when it comes to, you know, these Vegas lines. But still, I mean, you're talking about the 2-2 two and two Panthers team that has won two straight, has looked very explosive, versus an 0-4 team that is already looking like they're going to come up flat and Dan Quinn is now fighting for his head coaching job. And, you know, we discussed that on Crossover Thursday uh, as well. You know, we'll get into that in Crossover Thursday. But, you know, a little... You know, kind of getting on track. Like I said, I wanted to just look at some numbers here right now, and look at the um, and look at the Falcons. So again, second worst scoring defense right now in the NFL. Fourteenth uh, in scoring offense, eighth in total yards on offense. Uh, second worst also as well in that category. I mean, their defense is just uh, it's it's bad. I mean, some of these some of these numbers are. Really bad, you know. Again, uh, second worst passing defense in the NFL. You know, one thousand three hundred sixty-six passing yards they've allowed so far. So that's second worst. Um, they do have a pretty decent run run defense, though. They actually rank tenth in the NFL uh, in rushing defense, but they rank twenty-third in rushing offense. Um, they're twenty-sixth. In and they're 26th in yards per attempt, 15th in uh, yards per attempt allowed uh, to opposing offenses, and uh, 28th in percentage of drives ending in an offensive turnover. So that's another that's another stack that can play into uh, into the Panthers' favor because we've talked how many times about the Panthers taking care of the football, right? They've Hardly fumbled the ball this season. Teddy Bridgewater really hasn't thrown many interceptions this season. So there you go. If the Falcons are going to keep turning, uh, you know, turning the football over, that again is going to, you know, play in, into a factor. I mean, they've, uh, you know, in terms of team turnovers lost, they've lost or they've they've lost. Uh, you know, they have three turnovers. Their opponents have five, so their offense actually ranks fourth there, but uh, defense is 15th. But again, if the if the Falcons are going to, you know, turn the ball over and and just continue to allow the Fal- or the Panthers to just hang around in this game, that's going to continue to play into the Panthers' hands because the Panthers have the confidence now that they can move the ball down the field with pretty good you know, pretty good ability, right? We've seen that in the last couple of weeks. So, you know, those are just some of the the team totals that the uh, that the Falcons have going into the um, going into Sunday's game. But again, a lot of uh, a lot of numbers, especially on defense, are pretty bad. They're actually 27th in the league in uh, in first downs, or their defense is 27th. In first downs, uh, 32nd in passing touchdowns allowed. They've already allowed 34. Or excuse me, they've allowed uh, 13 touchdowns. Look at the wrong numbers. I'm sorry, but th- their defense has allowed 13 passing touchdowns. That's dead last in the NFL. So I mean, just kind of all these numbers. And again, obviously, you know, numbers are, you know, just numbers. You can make them say kind of whatever you want. But a lot of these numbers just kind of further 
prove the point, I think, at least to me, that the Panthers have a really good shot, I think, of winning this game and pushing the Falcons to 0-5 and, and really almost kind of shutting the door on the Falcons' season because I think we know the history by now in terms of you know worst starts to make the playoffs. We've seen one team make the playoffs at an 0-4 start. That was the 92 Chargers. We have never seen a team start 0-5 and come back and make the playoffs. And that would be the scenario that the Falcons would face if they lose this game. So the Panthers can really, you know, you, you always want to beat a, a division rival. That's always fun. But the fact that the Panthers can more or less almost end the, the Falcons season after week five is, uh, is just that much more enticing, I think. So like I said, those are just some of the team numbers. Uh, we'll get into some of the individual numbers and, and you know some of the top players right now on the Falcons. That'll come up in just a minute. But first, we want to give a shout-out to our friends at Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar ever. And the new and improved uh, new improved Built Bar is even deliciouser than its old formats. 18 amazing flavors, nut flavors, non-nut flavors, all included. And six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. These bars, of course, are covered in 100% chocolate, and they are soft and easy to chew. And these built bars are healthy. They're great for the health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And these bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. Uh, so again, don't just take my word for it. Check out BuiltBar.com. That's B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. Use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next order. So again, promo code Locked On gets you $10 off at BuiltBar.com. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So as we go back looking at the Falcons and just kind of their, um, you know, their individual players and some of their numbers to get you guys a sense. So Matt Ryan, of course, obviously has played all four games. He currently is 108 for 167, so he's completing a little under 65% of his passes, 1,246 passing yards so far. He's thrown seven interceptions, or excuse me, he's thrown seven touchdowns. And has only thrown two interceptions. So that's, you know, not too bad. Um, 311 and a half yards per game. So overall, he's having a, a pretty solid start to his season. So Matt Ryan really isn't the issue here. Matt Ryan, even at 35 years old, just continues to be the strong, steady quarterback that we've known Matt Ryan to be ever since he came into the league. 12 seasons, you know, 12 years ago. Matt Ryan is still being a very good quarterback so far this season. So Matt Ryan absolutely is not the issue 
or really any reason um, that the Falcons are 0-4. So you really can't lay any of the blame on him. Um, if you are going to put some kind of issue on the on the Falcons, we kind of touched on this with the team numbers, it's the rushing game. The, the rushing game just hasn't been fully up to snuff yet. You know, some of these games they've had to get away from the, the rush a little bit. But overall, it's been a kind of an average rushing attack so far this season. Now, Todd Gurley's played well. Uh, I'll get, I'll give him that. He's he hasn't been that bad. He's carried 65 times so far this season for 254 yards, four touchdowns, but hasn't really been involved yet in the passing game. He's only been targeted eight times in two games and has just four catches for just nine yards. Really, their pass catching running back right now is Brian Hill. He's been targeted nine times, has seven catches for 54 yards, and then Ito Smith, eight targets and six receptions, 26 yards. Uh, Brian Hill has been kind of the number two running back in terms of rushing the football. He's had 19 carries so far this season for 94 yards and a touchdown. Ito Smith has carried the ball eight times so far this season for 27 yards. In the passing game, we know Calvin Ridley has been the breakout star. Now, obviously, he put up a, uh, a goose egg last week against the Packers, but overall, his numbers are still certainly very solid this season. 21 catches on 40 targets, 349 yards, and four touchdowns. That is followed by Russell Gage, who is still kind of coming off that concussion. He so far has 19 catches on 27 targets, 208 yards, and a touchdown. Julio Jones, of course, again, he really really wasn't anywhere to be found on Monday either uh, due to that hamstring injury. Uh, and, of course, he missed week three against the Bears. He has 15 catches so far for 213 yards, no touchdowns. Hayden Hurst, of course, the tight end they acquired from the Ravens, has been kind of quiet so far this season, but he does have two touchdown catches. He has 13 receptions for 162 yards and two touchdowns. And then Alamed Zacchaeus, he, of course, has seen a little more playing time over the last couple of weeks because of the injuries to Gage and to Julio Jones. He's seen 16 targets so far, has caught 13 of them for 137 yards. So those are kind of the uh, the main guys so far on the Falcons' passing attack that, of course, the Panthers need to be wary of. Again, obviously, the uh, the big issue is what is going to be the status of Julio Jones. We know, like I said, he's been banged up with that hamstring injury, uh, hasn't been practicing, so... If he can't go, Calvin Ridley is going to have to continue to step up and kind of, you know, break the break the dry spell that he's been under um, the last last few quarters. But if there's um, if there's any positive for Calvin Ridley, it's that he has had a lot of success so far in his first two seasons against the Carolina Panthers. He's actually scored in every game so far. Against the Panthers. These are his numbers in his first four career games against the Panthers. His first game in 2018, which was week two, 
He had four catches for 64 yards and a touchdown. Week 16 of 2018 at Carolina, three catches, 90 yards, one touchdown. 2019 Week 11 at Carolina, eight catches, 143 yards, one touchdown on eight targets. And Week 14 of last season in Atlanta, he had five catches for 76 yards and a touchdown. So uh, quick numbers tell you that he has caught all but three of his 23 targets. So he has 20 career catches on 23 targets. And he's averaging about 93 yards per game. And has, like I said, he's caught a touchdown in every single game so far. So Calvin Ridley has plenty of success so far this season, or in his career, I should say, against the Atlanta, or against the Carolina Panthers, excuse me. So he's hoping that that stretch is going to continue, especially if Julio Jones can't go again on Sunday. Now, that certainly would be a, uh, a huge boost for the Panthers because we know, of course, Julio Jones, he's been, Carolina's been his favorite team. We know Julio has had some big games in the past uh, against the Carolina Panthers. We know, of course, Carolina, that was where his 300-yard receiving game came into play. But he does only have, you know, we, j- we just talked about Calvin Ridley has a catch in those four games. Well, in those same four games, Julio Jones has only found the end zone once in those four games, and that was the Week 16 game in 2018. Now, he does have um, 20 catches as well in these last four games against the Panthers, but he's only averaging about 62 yards per game, and again, just the one touchdown in 2018. But Julio Jones always has the ability to go off It's just a matter now of will that hamstring allow him to be effective. It obviously did it on Monday night against the Packers. We'll see how effective it is on Sunday against the Panthers. So, you know, those are the offensive guys, obviously, to watch. And, you know, they sport a pretty solid offensive line as well. Jake Matthews has been one of the better left tackles uh, over the last few years, of course. James Carpenter and Matt Hennessy. Uh, James Carpenter and Matt Hennessy kind of working in there on the interior, along with uh, Chris Lindstrom in his second year. And then Alex Mack, still one of the top centers in the league. And then Matt Gano has been getting work at right tackle with Caleb McGarry injured. But Caleb McGarry uh, has been playing well before he went down with injury. So those are those are obviously the names to watch on offense. Defense, Grady Jarrett just has to keep picking up the slack on the defensive side of the ball because Dante Fowler has been kind of quiet so far this season. That was supposed to be one of the big free agent pickups for the Falcons. But again, he's been, uh, he's been kind of quiet so far, you know, his numbers so far, he, um, he only has eight tackles so far in, uh, uh, through four games, excuse me, uh, one forced fumble, one sack. So he he's a guy that needs to step up. Uh, but Grady Jarrett, like I said, he's he's the dominant one. He's actually leading the team so far in sacks with two and a half. You don't see that too often from a defensive tackle. But then again, not too many defensive tackles have the talent of Grady Jarrett. And his 18 tackles uh, ranks seventh right now 
on the team. Deion Jones has 30. Isaiah Oliver has 23. Keanu Neal, 22. DeMonte KZ has 20. But, of course, like we said earlier, KZ is now out for the season with a torn Achilles. Uh, Foisadio Lucan has 20. And then Michael Walker has 19. And then it's Grady Jarrett with 18. So Grady Jarrett um, and five tackles for a loss. Nobody else has more than two so far. So Grady Jarrett just continues to be Grady Jarrett. So he's the guy the Panthers on the interior have to watch out for. Uh, they still have some solid linebackers. Deion Jones, it's nice to see him healthy again and playing well. And again, Michael Walker, he was a you know he was a kid we kind of talked about last uh, you know going into the draft class. The kid out of Fresno State, really solid player, just injuries kind of bogged him down a little bit. But the Falcons took him in the fourth round, and he's obviously been playing well so far for them as a rookie. And then Olukin, their sixth round pick in 2018 out of UConn, another solid linebacker for them. And then in the secondary, you know, Ricardo Allen's been banged up. So Keanu Neal, of course, still being the leader. He's another guy. Really nice to see him uh, healthy again after his injuries. And then again, cornerbacks, they've been extremely banged up at the cornerback position with, again, uh, A.J. Terrell has been on the COVID reserve list. And then Dar- Darquez Denard and Camonte, uh, DeMonte KZ both on IR. Denard should be back. Um, maybe in a couple of weeks, KZ again, obviously out for the season. So this this defense has just been absolutely decimated by injuries. And so, like I said, I, I just feel like a lot of advantages right now go to the Carolina Panthers. I mean, if you kind of want to stack them up side by side, position by position, you know, there's definitely some position groups right now that you would – I think definitely give the advantage to the Panthers. Secondary is absolutely one of them. You know, just with all the injuries, I think right now you're going to take the Panthers secondary over the Falcons secondary. Now, defensive line, you know, it's a, that's a toss up. You know, Grady Jerry has been another, is having another monster season, but he's really the only guy on that front line. That's kind of doing much of anything. Now, you know, Charles Harris has two sacks as well, but he only has four tackles this season. Again, Dante Fowler has been uh, pretty quiet. So Grady Jarrett's really the only standout right now on that D-line, whereas with the Panthers, it's you know a, uh, a group effort, right? We've seen Short get in there before he was injured. Derek Brown's been stepping up, and then a bunch of the defensive ends have been playing well the last couple of weeks. So I think you got to give the slight edge right now to the Panthers on the D-line position. Uh, linebackers, that's another tough one. I mean, I, I like Deion Jones. I like Olukin. I like Walker. Uh, but with the Panthers, you know, Shaq Thompson is always flying around there. So linebacker is a tough spot. Offense, you know, obviously Matt Ryan's going to get the edge at, at quarterback. You know, we're not going to sit here and say Teddy Bridgewater has been uh, that much better than than uh Matt Ryan, though Teddy Bridgewater, of course, we know has some good numbers. He has the third highest completion percentage so far in the NFL. But Matt Ryan's the lengthy veteran here, and he's still having another solid season. So I think you give the edge to Matt Ryan there. Uh, But the running back group, 
I think Carolina gets the slight edge as a group because of how they've been using Mike Davis, how they've been utilizing. Now, you know, Reggie Bonifant obviously is injured, so you'll probably see Trenton Cannon more. And then, like I said earlier this week, I could see uh, Guerrero, their practice squad running back that they brought over from the Jets. I could see him getting called up and getting involved a little bit. You know, the Falcons... Todd Gurley's been solid running the ball, but he doesn't really do much catching the football. And, and really, in general, the Falcons just haven't been throwing the ball much to their to their running backs. I mean, Gurley, Hill, and Smith have a combined 17 catches so far this season. Uh, Mike Davis has outcaught them in less than three games. You know, Mike Davis has 21 catches and really just nine quarters of play in 2020 while the three Falcons running backs have combined for 17 catches. And that's with all of them playing in all four games, whereas Mike Davis has only played in three. So, and then even before he got injured, Bonifant had been playing well. And then I'm still a bit of a fan of Cannon. I'm intrigued to see what he does uh, given the opportunity, because you have to imagine, like I said, he's going to be active now for Sunday with Bonifin on IR. So as a whole, I like the Panthers' running back room. Um, it's just a matter now of what the Panthers want to do. And I guess if you want to consider Curtis Samuel like a half running back as well with some of the carries that he's been getting as well. Uh, wide receivers, I mean... You know, when healthy, obviously Atlanta has the edge. Right now, it's tough because Calvin Ridley, of course, has been incredible, save for the week four game, while the Falc or while the Panthers have been, you know, nice and spread out with their top three receivers. Tight ends, Carolina's utilizing multiple tight ends, as we know. The Falcons have been trying to push Hayden Hurst, but Hurst has been quiet so far this season. And an offensive line, I mean, I think the Falcons kind of have the edge there, though, as well, because I like the interior of the Falcons line a little more than I like the Panthers' interior. Though, as I've said, I've been really impressed with the play of Chris Reed over these last two weeks. But, I mean, when you have a guy like Alex Mack at center, that's a huge boost to the entire offensive line. And then... You know, your two tackles in Atlanta, you know, Jake Matthews, like I said, has been a really good tackle over the last couple of years. If Caleb McGarry's healthy, he's really solid at the right tackle. Um, as far as the Panthers, Taylor Moten, we know, is incredible. Um, and then you just kind of have that revolving door at the left tackle position. But, of course, even with that, you know, carousel kind of at left tackle they've had the last couple of weeks, as I said earlier this week, Greg Little, I thought, played really well on Sunday against the Cardinals. So, you know, factoring in Caleb McGarry's injury, I think Carolina is kind of, you know, closing the gap in terms of, you know, the uh, the bookend tackles. And so overall, in uh, in terms of offensive lines for both of these teams, I think they're uh, pretty similar. I think Atlanta has the better interior, but Carolina, you could argue right now, has the better uh, bookend duo. At the uh, at the offensive tackle position, so you know overall talent wise, I, th I think these teams are are pretty well matched. But the the big advantage for me right now is that Carolina, I think, has a great opportunity to 
throw the ball a lot on Atlanta this week, and ultimately is why I think they win this game. And I said earlier about Carolina being the underdogs. I've already put some money uh, on Carolina. I feel pretty good, you know, taking Carolina with the points, uh, even on the road. Now, of course, Atlanta is going to have fans there, but it'll be really interesting how um, how the fans, if there's any kind of effect on this game. Of course, Carolina got their first taste of fans on Sunday, which was nice, and you know, so they've. They'll have fans going forward, obviously. They've already got tickets out for week six against the Bears. So uh, good times right now in Carolina. We'll see if they can keep rolling through them. So I think that's a good place to stop here. Another good, solid about half an hour with you guys. And, you know, and as always, really appreciate you guys spending some time with me, making me a part of your day. Always a, a great time chatting it up with you guys and you know really appreciate the the love and support hope you guys have a great rest of your day and we'll see you next time right here on lop until then billy Rossetti signing off we'll see you soon bye-bye my friends is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.